2: good evening sports fans and welcome to let's talk cfl podcast episode number 403 i'm your host Christopher jones and we're gonna talk some football oh not baseball no not baseball i don't like baseball don't understand baseball i don't know where the hell will got that idea from that last week anyhow uh let's not even go there we're not even going to talk about that uh so what happened we've got the playoffs are pretty much set no they're not Actually, we do know the three teams that are not going to be in the playoffs. Okay, so there's nine teams in the, in the league, and three don't make the playoffs. Wow, kind of seems like it's a majority make the playoffs. Don't you think that it should only be like three teams make the playoffs? Something like that? I don't know. Oh, well then you wouldn't have that many home games. You'd just have Grey Cup and maybe one other game. And Anyhow, that's stupid. Okay, we, we talked about divisions and why we shouldn't have divisions and why we should have divisions and uh, why the divisions don't work and why the divisions do work, and we've done all of that before. So we're not even going to go there. But we could later on in the show. We'll see what happens. Charles is down in Las Vegas this week, and we don't have an agenda. So that means that we're going to kind of wing it from the seat of our pants. Uh, we've done that several times. And, uh, you know, Will and myself, we can talk football for like two hours straight, no problems, and we got Phil helping us out that tonight so uh mark's down in north dakota he sent us a message says that he's in north dakota i go what's your point because i don't understand why he just because he's in north dakota he can't be on the show uh he, he when he went to newfoundland couldn't be on the show will goes to las vegas he's on the show I, I i don't understand how it works some people just uh, go on vacation and forget about football how does that happen i need, i don't happen that doesn't happen oh I, well, I don't go on vacation. But that's beside the that point. Um, yeah, so it's it's just – it's a weird thing. Guy goes down to North Dakota, and I can't believe that North Dakota is like a vacation destination. Uh, is that some place you'll want to visit? Uh, it's probably a cool place and all, but uh, really, I think there's better places I would rather go to, like Costa Rica, uh, you know – You know, Belize, you know, someplace warm Bahamas, Barbados. I like Barbados. Barbados was nice. I like Bahamas. Uh, St. Virgin's, uh, St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. I've been there. I like that. Uh, You know, there's a lot of nice places to go vacationing. I just can't see North Dakota being one of them. Uh, I'm, I'm sure if you got family or something there and it's Thanksgiving, but it's not Thanksgiving in North Dakota, it's only Thanksgiving in Canada. So he should have stayed in Winnipeg on Thanksgiving and then he would have had Thanksgiving here. And then you could go down to North Dakota in November and have Thanksgiving down there. That would make sense to me. Uh, I don't know it kind of sounds kind of sounding like the guy in social network right now to the Mark Zuckerberg when he was talking really fast all the time. Okay. Well, let's not do that. Um, yeah. So, uh, back to football uh there's three teams that are not going to make the playoffs and those are drum roll please the bc lions have been eliminated from playoff contention so have the toronto argonauts and ottawa red blacks there's no surprise about the ottawa red blacks nor the toronto argonauts because we knew that they were eliminated last show but the bc lions had their game against edmonton and it didn't go quite as according to plan and we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about the shitty officials that we have in this league. And uh, we'll go from there. Not that the officials could have made any difference, but they could have actually called a penalty on something there, which should have been. But, you know, there's an argument there that, uh, oh, well, officials are, are, are human and they get to test things once in a while. But uh, bullshit. Uh, they're supposed to do their job efficiently. They don't. Okay, so let's move on. We're going to talk some football now. Uh, we had four games. Oh, let's introduce the people. We have Will McDonald. How you doing, buddy? How you doing? You enjoy the football uh, I'm game? I'm good.
1: I'm good. Yes, I enjoyed the football game. And it doesn't yeah. matter what I'm doing. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I always think about football.
2: It's part I know. of my
1: DNA. I know. And,
2: and it was actually, you were calling us from Las Vegas, and at times we were wishing you didn't, because where you were, I mean, you were you're you're talking to us on at, on the podcast at, at the slot machines and it was very 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 noisy in those casinos. So anyhow, and during that, I, we appreciate during the effort. That, during
1: that period of time, during that period of time, I was talking to you and playing. I was losing money because I couldn't totally concentrate what I was do on what I was doing.
2: How do you concentrate but, on a slot machine? Don't you just put money in and push a button or or pull a lever or something no, like that, and no, whatever the fuck no, happens, happens. No,
1: that's that's a 2 hour show i'm not going to explain it to you okay
2: really so so there's you a thought it's just like techniques There's Absolutely. techniques to
0: play
2: what you put in so many Absolutely. coins and then yeah and and just hope for the best or or you actually you, you manipulate the machine okay
1: you know. you got to you got to you read a you book on pay it pay attention to your machine you got to pay attention no this is years and years of research as i was losing money how does that sound okay, okay.
2: so You you lose money to a certain point, and then you start making it back. (laughs) But do you think you've lost more than you've won? Or have you now winning more than you've lost?
1: I'm winning more than I've lost.
2: Right now. But, I mean, overall,
1: like, if you total up everything
2: over all the years, do you think you've lost more or made more?
1: Made more. To be honest. Only because because in the early years, I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have You're a lot of money to lose, okay? Yeah. I didn't understand have a lot that. of money to lose, so I didn't do it. Now I have more money, so I take bigger risks.
2: Okay. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. My mom used but, to go down to I Reno all the time, and she played the, the nickel slot machines, and she'd like win 20 yes. bucks or 30 bucks, but she'd take like $5,000 Canadian down with her, and she'd change it into American money while she's down. she would come up here, and she'd change it back into Canadian, and she'd, she'd take the, the exchange rate, and that would be her profit. And uh, they would send her uh-huh. like airplane tickets and hotels and stuff because she she had so much money with her down there and it's just like uh, amazing. So she she'd like play for a weekend and uh, it, she'd be up twenty bucks or down twenty bucks, but she'd convert five thousand dollars into Cana- into U.S. money.
1: I sat he at a, a I I, I at a poker table one day one day. Sorry, I sat at a poker poker table. For 69 hours straight once upon a time.
2: Ah, uh, yeah. And I, I, I
1: came out I came out yeah. $27 ahead, and that awesome. was a win for me, okay? And it awesome. was just about playing the game.
2: Oh, but it my is. Without a question. Like I, I played there. to have fun right? I, I'm, I'm a yes. blackjack player. I can sit down at a blackjack table. In fact, I sat at a blackjack table for 17 hours. It's not 56 hours. I granted 17 hours and in Costa Rica at the Holiday Inn there and they brought me steak. They brought me booze. They brought me hookers. They brought me all sorts of different things. Not that any of that mattered. It was just, I was playing blackjack because that's where my focus was. And uh, after 17 hours, I, I started with 20 bucks. And at the end of uh, 17 hours, I picked my $20 bill up and I left. So yep. it was a complete wash for me for 17 hours I sat there and played blackjack and I just absolutely love doing it you too yeah I'd, I'd play for so, pennies I don't have to play
1: my wife doesn't all like me to sit there for 69 hours because that means I'm not involved with her so yeah I, I understand doing that because she gets really annoyed at me
2: that's how you don't have wives so there you go, go.
1: this one of the quick yeah. ways to do that
2: Okay, Phil, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? How's the renovations coming?
3: Oh, things are going good. I'm feeling good, and I'm learning a lot on Let's Talk CFL podcast again this week. So far, I've learned that uh, there are actually X's and O's in strategy to a slot machine. Yeah. I've also learned a, a way to scam free flights to Reno, Nevada. Yep. And that... And how, goes,
2: how to get hookers in, get in Costa Rica. And how to get hookers
0: how to
2: in Costa Rica. Mental note there. Yeah. Yeah, It's a tr- true story there. All the way across the board. It's an educational program we're putting on here, right? I mean, let's let's get face facts, man. This is an educational program. And uh, what are we going to learn now? We're going to learn all about football. We got four games of football that played this weekend. And the first one was a, "I do I-don't-care game. And what does that mean? Oh, it was the Ottawa Red Blacks and the Toronto Argonauts, both who had already been eliminated from the playoff. So they just played each other to find out what happened. And uh, The cool thing is is that Toronto, who, uh, <laughs> the back end of the league the entire season, kind of came on a little bit at the end there and tied the Ottawa Red Blacks with each, okay, which really isn't that many, and uh, but Toronto sneaked up into the the uh, uh, third place column there. Uh, Ottawa's dropped to the bottom of the the, the league, and uh, I don't know why or how they're doing that, but uh, let's just say that that's what's happened. And uh, this game uh, was really mean nothing, and it uh, kind of showed that way out in the field. It really, I don't know. How can you say it? Did you, Will, did you watch this one?
1: Yes, I did.
2: Did you stay away? It was
1: actually, yes, a I did. It game. was a competitive game. It was a competitive game. It was close. It was. I expected I'm just picking it, on it Eastern. to be close. I expected it to be close. Ottawa almost came back, believe it or not. Um, and believe it or not, Toronto started the law off. Which I know I haven't figured out. I haven't figured out why they started James Franklin the past two weeks, but then I heard an interesting concept from somebody. Okay. And one of the things that, that I've heard is that they put James Franklin in there hoping he could have a couple of good games and hoping it would raise his trade price and they could trade him. and and live happily ever after with with the law office. Well, James...
2: It backfired on him a little bit, didn't
1: it? Didn't do well when he played, and I don't think you're going to be able to trade him to a high school football team. So, backfired, but you know what? Bethel Thomas proved his point. He had over 300 yards this week passing. um, S.J. Green. S.J. Green is still a great receiver. Mm -hmm. He had 10 receptions for 170 yards. And this Will Art guy, it was only against Toronto, but he had almost 300 yards passing and two TDs.
2: Three interceptions,
1: unfortunately. Yeah, without much of a running game. So, you know, I mean, they don't have anything else in Ottawa right now. So they might as well give this guy a chance.
2: Well, I honestly think and, and he's my the best. Qu- com- the best quarterback of the three.
1: Well, and my question is, in the off season, what does Ottawa do with the two Palookas? Because they shouldn't be playing football anymore. No. I mean.
2: Now they were signed you know, on free agency. Are they are they long term? Are they two years? Is it, or did they only sign one year deals? Or what? What did uh, I, I Marcel Desjardins did with these two idiots?
1: I mean, these guys aren't even respectable backups. No.
2: Nope.
1: I mean, they might be third-string guys, but you don't you don't make third-string guys older guys. So these guys, they could both be out of the league next year. Well, they should be. Not. And should be. Possibly. I mean, unless unless the XFL is a weak league this year coming up, and they sign these two guys to contract in the XFL. Who knows Who knows But I would not have them on my team as quarterbacks No No, Especially when there's going to be uh, There's going to be a few guys Available this year So this coming off season So I'm curious to know what's going to happen It's going to be once again It's going to be an interesting off season again this year
2: (laughs) okay sure. so uh just just to answer my question here, uh Jonathan Jennings was signed to a one year contract with the Red Blacks for two thousand and nineteen, yep. so he's going to be a free agent, and Dom Davis signed a two year contract extension to yep. enter the two thousand nineteen season so um he's he's there for another year
0: not, but not the, necessarily
2: he's under contract and he's not a free agent this year, so he's under contract for next year, whether they keep him or not it's completely up to him them, mm-hmm. but how? I, I don't possibly know how you could keep them.
1: Yeah, but anyways, um, this was a competitive game. I enjoyed it. It was a football game. I wasn't expecting much out of them. And uh, hey, you know, pinball gets his first win as the new GM of Colorado. I know. So
2: he's he's one and zero. There you go. He's one and
1: zero. Big move up
2: for. Uh, for the Toronto Argonauts, they, uh, I don't think anybody's ever not, been uh, undefeated as an Argo Argo in a while, eh?
1: Not bad for a midget.
2: Not bad for a midget. Oh my god! <laughs> Can I tell you guys the joke? No, never mind. Somebody sent me a joke today. It was kind of funny. Okay, so, uh, Phil. yeah, Phil. What's going on here, Phil? What do you think?
3: Well, you know, going in, I described this as the toilet bowl. And honestly, I... No, that's Saskatchewan.
2: Their stadium, it's a toilet. You know, that's how that that works.
3: And uh, I was proven a little bit wrong. This was actually... This football game had some good entertainment value to it. And uh, that was the point I was going to make, is that pinball is one of those as a general manager, like Will mentioned... And, of course, that puts him at 1.00 winning percentage, which is actually better than Don Hoffnagel as a general manager in the CFL. Very interesting. Uh, it was great to see the law office back starting, and it was about time, like you guys mentioned. Uh, he sure didn't disappoint. He had a big night. Big night. And nice to see SJ Green, like Will mentioned, have a big night because uh, anytime an old guy has a big night, it, I don't know, it just gives me a little thrill, being that I'm a, a little bit on the older side. So... Uh, you know, and, and Will Arndt, he gets added to this long list of first time starting CFL quarterbacks who had their first start in 2019, who have actually impressed, uh, including, you know, starting at the top with, uh, with the quarterback in Hamilton and Cody Fajardo and, and, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, uh, it's really, really been refreshing to see. We finally had a rollover of quarterbacks in the CFL, and it was about time. And uh, I was quite pleased to see that Willard had a, had a respectable game in his first outing, particularly on a team that has struggled so much. And uh, I might even take some time to watch these guys again when they play again before the season is done. But really, not a lot to say about uh, two teams that are going to miss the playoffs.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. Just a second, guys. Uh-huh. You keep on talking.
3: <laughs> uh, one of us should add something to this while uh, Christopher's away. I,
1: I'm probably I'm probably not gonna I'm probably not gonna watch these two teams again this year because it doesn't really matter anymore. But uh, it was, it was uh, and I didn't get to watch it live because I was on my way to the Calgary game, but I did watch it when I got home, and it was a competitive game. That's all I look forward to look for in a football game. is competition, so it was competitive, yeah. and Will Art hey, Will Art did a good job.
2: And, and they're going to play again in week 20, not next week. Will Arndt's going to be playing Hamilton and Toronto and the uh, law office is going to be playing Montreal, but then they play again in, in week 20. And in week 21, those guys play the opposite teams. Ottawa plays Montreal and Toronto plays Hamilton. So it's kind of an interesting way to end the season for the, for the Eastern division. There's a lot the of. The last
3: few years. The, the schedule of the ahead. last few years has, uh, has ended up hitting these, uh, these teams that have three games against each other um, a couple of times in October, both in the East and West division. And I haven't really liked it because what it does is it, particularly with the weaker Eastern division, is it uh, suppresses some wins from the East that they could have had earlier on and maybe kept them in the hunt longer. And I would like to see the CFL do get more of the crossover games done earlier. Or, I'm sorry, i uh, Leave the crossover games more a little bit later in the season and get at least two of the games out of the way by mid September uh, with the teams that do have to play each other three times in the West Division and and stay with the East Division?
2: Yeah, no. You know, if you look at that, you look at some of the Eastern teams just padded their their totals and I'll go with Hamilton. Hamilton because they played so many Eastern Division teams early on, okay? And BC got nothing, played nothing but the the Western teams and lost and lost and lost and lost and lost. And they didn't get to, you know, start winning until they got to the... Anyhow, Any, anyhow. I, I just don't like the, sk- the schedule this year did not... was not favorable in my opinion. That's the way it is. But then, you know, there's always somebody who's going to hate the schedule and there's always somebody who's going to love it. And... Uh, I disagree with the concept. I think there should be more inter or uh, cross divisional games early on in the season. And, and you should be playing your rivals later on in the year. So, you know, Edmonton and Calgary should be playing more Saskatchewan and Winnipeg should be playing more at the end of the season than at the beginning of the season. Quite honestly, that's my opinion. I think, you know, you go off and play everybody Uh, in, in, in a perfect world, you'd play all teams once or all teams twice once home one away but you can't do that until we have a 10th team and god forbid that ever happens in halifax we had another week week before that one's going to hit the the papers right uh this tuesday that's tomorrow that's only one week since it's been tabled for two weeks so we'll see what happens in seven days that's true right okay so uh What's the final score on this one? This was 28-21 for the Toronto Argonauts over top of the Ottawa Red Blacks. And, uh, Charles, you picked Ottawa. You're eliminated from contention here. Uh, Will, you picked uh, Toronto
0: 21-8.
2: Not enough respect to Ottawa there. You are out by 20 points. CJ was next uh, bad with uh, Toronto, picking Toronto 24-12. Again, not respecting Ottawa enough. Um, Out by 13 points. Phil, you didn't do so good either. Uh, 26 14. Mark went 23 18 and uh, was only eight points off. So, Mark gets the big points, uh, total there. You were close, Phil, at nine, but Mark beat you with eight. So, Mark gets golden star for the uh Toronto Ottawa game. Uh, the next game up was this is the, the big game. This was for first place in uh, the Western Division, so to speak. Could have been Saskatchewan, could have. Uh, really got out in front of everybody else in the Western Division with a big victory in Calgary, but that was not to be. So the Saskatchewan Rough Riders came into McMahon Stadium to play the Calgary Stampeders. And uh, we'll start off with Will again. Uh, He was at the game with his toque on. Uh, No, he didn't have his toque on. Everybody else had toques on, but Will, he just had his hair, uh, his white hair messed straight up in the air, kind of like some mad scientist or something. At least he didn't look like an ogre this time. Will take away. I
1: was very disappointed, Christopher, because I couldn't wear my capris to the game because it was too cold.
2: Yeah, um, I know, I know. Um, well,
1: I, you know are, are
2: those actually capris, or are you just too fucking tall? And you just no, wear short pants. <laughs> I, okay. I
1: have a whole collection of capris. Okay. I like capris. Um, but that's just a personal preference. Do you shave Uh, your
2: legs so it's not hairy down below?
1: Christopher, I am one of those human beings who cannot grow hair on his body. Okay. Okay. I have very little hair on my body. Not that you need to know that. As a matter of fact, let's go into genetics. TMI. Too much information. Let's go into genetics. My mother never, ever had to shave her legs because her legs were hairless. So, Which I hear that's every woman's fantasy is to not have to shave their legs. So Anyways
2: I didn't know they had razors um, back then.
1: Yeah they did. Um okay. I it was a competitive game for sure. The biggest problem for me was there's too many green people in my stands. But yeah. I I I was nice about it and I was very courteous and I didn't you I didn't go na 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 every time Calgary uh was ahead. Um, You know, I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong. This is a
2: very close game.
1: Yeah, I don't think the football games have been that, that, I don't think the football teams this year in the CFL are that great, to be honest with you. Because Calgary is not that good of a football team. No, they're not. In my mind, in my mind, but neither is anybody else.
2: No, agreed. It's, so, it, it hasn't been a so, good year.
1: No, so it comes down to being very competitive. It was a two-point game. Um, I don't get upset when Bo Levi throws an interception for a return touchdown because I know the teams are not that strong, and he's going to score more points, and they're going to win the game. And I I, I wasn't I did not have a doubt in my mind during the entire game because Saskatchewan didn't impress me. I mean, the premier quarterback in the league, Cody Fajardo, did not impress me.
2: 209 and, yards.
1: Uh, and uh, their their best receiver, the ball hit him right in the hands, and he dropped the ball when he was 30, 30 yards behind every defensive back Calgary had. So I had a feeling that, well, guess what? Calgary's going to win this game, which they did. And now they're in first place. I don't know if they'll stay in first place, but we shall see. Um, if, if, yeah, it was, it was an okay game. It was very exciting for me because Calgary won and I love it. Whenever Calgary beats Saskatchewan. Yeah. And, uh, Saskatchewan lost twice to Calgary this year.
2: So, so you got the season series. So, so Saskatchewan would have to be a full game ahead of you to to pass to first place.
1: Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But I mean the Bombers do play some pretty good teams in the next two weeks or three weeks, so or sorry, the Stampeders Peters play a couple of good teams in the next two or three weeks or at least one good team.
2: Yeah, but they to play B C so
1: yeah, I know. I know. And from the news I heard today, <laughs> I don't know. not good. It's not, good. It's, it's not looking good.
2: No, it's not looking good. not looking
1: <laughs> good. So BC who is not going to help Calgary out here. Who is the Lions' backup quarterback, by the way?
2: Uh, a guy named Brandon Bridge, also no, before, known as Air the Canada.
1: One, the, one the one that's been there all year.
2: Oh, O'Brien.
1: O'Brien, that's it, O'Brien I couldn't remember his name So, yeah Calgary a a took over first They took over first place um, It was nice to see that Some of these games At the end of the year actually mean something To Calgary this year because they haven't In the past four years So, you know um, They did have a Pretty significant injury uh, Marcus Ball Is probably out for the year and he only played four plays for Calgary and tore his Achilles tendon, or his ACL. That sounds like Pat I haven't heard what's wrong with Trey Roberson, but he went out pretty early in the game, too, and he didn't come back. But he was riding the bike, and he was still in his uniform, so I'm hoping it's not that serious. But we shall see. Go ahead, Phil. I'm curious what you. Okay, have
2: so to you say. got to mention three players. I'm I'm very proud of you, Will. Uh, let's see if yeah. Will, uh, Phil can do this as well. Phil, can you talk about this game in uh, 400 words or less?
3: I sure can. You know, not very many CFL games leave me bitter, but this one kind of did. Why? I'll get it. Right, Why? You know. I'm like Bo Levi Mitchell, except for we're like on the opposite end of the political spectrum. Like we see things completely different. Like this was a hell of a game, but it was marred by a few referee calls. And I, you can, you can listen back to the beginning of the year. I've never mis- mentioned a referee once, uh, or at least been critical of referees or officiating once, but I am awful critical of them after this, this particular game, but I'm, I'm ready to sweep that under the carpet. I, uh, I can provide evidence if required, but uh, it's it wasn't the most exciting or the biggest story about this game. Uh, you know, it, we've seen some great battles in the field. That was a great battle uh, between uh, Cody Fajardo and, and S- Safety Roy Mecci. Uh, all night, uh, they were kind of battling with each other as far as uh, it was really a chess match between the two of them. And then, the, we of course, we always get this, in 2019, we get this Bo Levi-Mitchell battle within his own head, and that was almost as interesting. Um, you know, he's thrown about the same amount of picks as touchdown passes this year. He's about about 10 of each, approximately. Uh, it, like I keep saying on this show, uh, Bo Levi-Mitchell, while he does continue to win here, he, he is starting to do it with smoke and mirrors because... Uh, he is, he's not really taking control of these games. And like Will mentioned, the Calgary Stampeders are not the same Calgary Stampeders they were the last three seasons. And Bowie, if I mentioned, is really going to have to step up when he comes out and meets a team that is really ready to play. The, the Riders didn't come out as ready to play as I, I had hoped that they would be. And maybe they're not as good a team as I would hope to. They might have been at this point in the season. Kudos to that uh, Jamari Gilbert, who uh, stepped in for Trey Roberson. He played a hell of a game. He had that uh, turnover touchdown on the, uh, in the first quarter. And, uh, and I think the, the Stamps found themselves very fortunate that they had an injury with Trey where the next man up philosophy continues to work, and uh, Jamari Gilbert proved that for them, and he had a really big game. I think that's about all i got on it. Uh, although, you know, there was – Bo Levi Mitchell isn't the only person who uh, felt that the officiating was, went against the Calgary Stampeders. I, uh, I searched the interweb, and about only about half of the comments came from Bull Levi Mitchell himself. And, and the other half that suggests that actually came from Will McDonald other than that, I think, uh, I think the Internet was uh, pretty solidly on um, seeing it the way I've seen the game. That's all I got. Well,
2: you, you know, I never hear Will bitching about officials too much. So uh, if he does, I would have to believe that there's some truth to that. And uh dick squat that Mitchell says. So, uh, you know, we're just going to pass over, gloss over that one. I, I do want to touch a, base on a couple of things that you did. You know who the number – Seven quarterback out of this nine-team league, number seven quarterback is this year. Uh, it would be Bo Levi-Mitchell. And uh, you know who number eight is? Is Nick Arbuckle. It's kind of cool. Um, and and if you look at the stats between the two of them, I'd rather have Arbuckle as my quarterback. He's got a 73% completion rate compared to Bo 66. He's got an efficiency rating of uh, 106 to, to Mitchell's 92 um, touchdown to interception ratio uh, favors Arbuckle with 11 to 5 as opposed to Mitchell's 11 to 9. Um, yeah, it's just it's funny thing is and, and
1: what and Mitchell what came back, and he started
2: winning. Arbuckle's a better quarterback, but Mitchell starts to win the games. Why is that? Because he he lists the entire team up; the entire team plays better doesn't necessarily mean that he's more talented. just means he's a better leader. That's just kind of my take on it. I mean, do you argue with that well? Do you have a problem with that, or do you understand it, or what's going on? What's your what's your take on this one? Arbuckle has better numbers.
1: Well, and, and, I, and I'd like to go through, I wonder if this is consistent as far as Bo Levi throughout his entire football career. Okay, if his numbers were like that, but bottom line is he has he won everywhere he's has been. It's that simple. He's won everywhere. Did he won in Montreal? College Well, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about championships, buddy. High school university pro. Okay. Yeah, but, you know, I guess that's all of, ultimate, every quarterback in the league the can say
2: leader. that. Right? Every quarterback really? in the NFL can say that. Even the shitty guys. Even Drew Willey was an awesome um, high school and college quarterback. For him to get to where he is today, or was, he had to have been a great quarterback in college. You don't get out of college right. being a mediocre quarterback coming to the pros.
1: Absolutely. Even though the CFL may, may not be the NFL. Unless they're Marcus Crandall. Unless they're Marcus, Marcus Crandall.
2: Right? Yeah. Of course. You know, <laughs> the epitome of of, of of quarterbacks there, okay? Right. Uh, so, yeah. So, every quarterback, Vernon Adams, Dane Evans, I don't care who it is. Matt, even sure, Matt I'd Mitchell. agree with
0: that. i okay? agree Was with that.
2: Okay, an amazing quarterback in college. Probably astronomical in high that. school. Okay, You have to be to get I to the. Jonathan yes. Jennings was a great college quarterback.
1: Sure he was.
2: Okay, so I, 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 the argument of saying that Bo just wins no matter what, well, so did everybody else until they got to the, this level, and then Bo landed his ass into an, an, an amazing team for uh, five years. Okay? He doesn't have that amazing team right now, and his stats are mediocre in comparison to his backup quarterback and in comparison to other quarterbacks in the league.
1: Right, but the one stat that matters, one stat that matters is, thank you.
2: Is winning. And I'm not arguing with that. I cannot argue with that.
1: I'm not an idiot. And I, and I, I just want to add one thing, and as far as Phil and the referee things, I really didn't say anything about the referees. But and I and I what my take on what Bo Levi said is is the same things happened to him. I don't know, Phil, if you've ever been in a football pile. But Phil, there's all kinds of stuff that goes on in a football pile. Okay? Oh hell yeah! And it and it's nasty. Okay, it's real yeah. nasty. Yeah. Well, so,
3: I, I usually fumbled before I got to the bottom of the pile, so uh, I haven't been in too many of them.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like you remember, anything I'm, goes in the pile. Anything goes in the pile, guys.
3: Yeah. If you remember, yeah, it I, I was a very unsuccessful high school running back, fastest man in the high school, and I had some moves, but I, I had a, a difficulty hanging on to the ball, now, particularly playing it's, against middle linebackers who were uh, instructed to get their hat on the ball. For some reason, yeah. that was my. They team. were able
2: to. Yeah. Yeah. Holding on to the ball is important, okay? Uh Will was an o lineman, so he didn't really have to hold on to the ball that much. I, I was a fullback actually, and uh the times that I did get the ball I kept it. So didn't get and it I,
1: And I know from I know from my running back friends who were on the bottom of the pile they said things were done to them that are yeah. not very nice. How does that sound?
2: Yeah.
1: And and I Phil I, I would I think if you want to talk referees, I think the reg- the game was refereed very poorly. But I think there is calls on both sides, to be honest with you.
3: But yeah, I don't, I don't want talk to
1: about the referees. I don't talk about the referees because there's nothing we can do about it.
3: No, I rarely do. It's just sometimes when I walk away from a bitter loss, I, I of course, want to think about it a
2: little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's okay. Okay. This game ended up with the Calgary Stampeders defeating the Saskatchewan Rough Riders 30-28 in their home field. And uh, this brings us up to Will, who uh, figured this was a 40-12 to game, and that uh, wasn't reality at all. Uh, Mark pulled it 28-24. Uh, CJ and Phil both took the Riders. And uh, that, so we're losers. Uh, leaves Charles with the golden ticket. At 28-26, he was off by two points on both teams, only four points separating them. So uh, Charles gets a, uh, a, a golden mark for this one, okay? Excellent. Where are we sitting here? Okay. Uh, the third game up uh, hold, held a lot of importance to one team and not so much to the other. Unfortunately, uh, Montreal Alouettes had pretty much uh, – been destined to second place in the eastern division they really didn't have to play this game uh the winnipeg blue bombers they needed this win to stay in uh the race for a playoff a home playoff game if not uh a, a home playoff by or a, sorry a, a divisional leading by uh and uh try to keep themselves out of the crossover position uh they were kind of successful on that one so uh we're going to talk about this Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Montreal Alouettes game and Phil, go ahead.
3: Well, I'm going to admit I didn't see this game, but I, I watched, uh, about a quarter and a bit of it. And then I watched the highlight package and, uh, a few things I'd like to say, Hey, Chris Trebler, even though he only threw for like 175 yards or something like that, some of the balls that he threw were some pretty nice stuff. And, and I really believe that, uh, that he will be in the CFL next year as, as a backup, not just a, a, a short yardage quarterback, and uh, that he is worth uh, continuing development on. It's just, just sad for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers that he's their starting quarterback right now. However, they've got to win at home. And I, I'm going to put a little bit of that on the back of uh, Vernon Adams because uh, he showed maybe a little bit too much confidence in his arm and went after the 50-50 ball a little too much and and didn't target the ball exactly where you wanted on the 50-50 on those deep balls. But that's very, very difficult to do, let's, let's face it, guys. And, and, and it's a 50-50 thing between the quarterback and receiver and how you react to those plays. So maybe it's unfair to put it all on Vernon Adams' back, but I think uh, Vernon Adams' lack of success on those 50-50 deep balls took Montreal out of this game where – I think this is a game that Montreal should have stolen on the road. And like I mentioned going in, even though I was picking Montreal, I, possibly the fact that they were so firmly entrenched in second, no chance of moving up or down in the standings, that uh, the motivation may not have been there. That's, that's about all I got in that game.
0: Okay.
2: Um, you know, when a team f- turns over the ball four times in a game, you don't expect a lot of success. Do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So yep. if you were to turn the ball over four times in a game, you would not be expecting to win. Unless your opponent turns over the ball eight times. The Montreal Alouettes turned the ball over eight times, three fumbles, four interceptions, and one on downs. Seriously. That's a that's the story. Gusting, eight turnovers. William, go ahead.
1: Well, you know the thing I can't get over is, and I tend to wonder if this game meant anything to Montreal because the 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 way, and it hasn't changed in Winnipeg. The way to stop the Winnipeg Blue Bombers is to stop the run and make the quarterbacks throw the ball. Yeah. Okay, well, Montreal didn't stop the run. And in order to stop the run, you have to be pretty dedicated. You have to stick your nose in places where you don't want to stick your nose. And it takes quite an effort to stop the run. And it's very physical. And I don't think Montreal was willing to pay the price, to be honest with you. Because they, to me... They didn't really care. You know, more power to Winnipeg because I didn't expect them to win this game, although I picked them. Um, but maybe the difference was the weather and and Winnipeg has, I mean, that was, if they had lost, that would have been four games straight that they lost. And they're kind of going backwards. And so they're pretty motivated. Strevler Drevler really didn't hurt them that much. He
2: didn't do anything and Andrew good for
1: them. Well, and Andrew Harris got 166 yards. Okay? My question is, did he pee in a bottle before the game? Oh or did after. I say that? Whoops. Sorry, Mark. Sorry, Mark. Anyways, I am I'm really excited about this weekend to see, you know, if Winnipeg is that good. When they play Calgary. So we shall see. But yeah. I mean more power to them. They kept up. I still think they're going to. Have to go somewhere else for a playoff game. But we shall see. We shall see.
2: The question is. Is Are they going to have to go to the. Uh, Eastern division for a playoff game.
1: No I don't think so.
2: That's. that's I don't think so. theoretically still up in the air.
1: Yes, it is. But on the other hand, well, no, you can't really say that. I, I think they would have a chance in the East. Well, they have a chance in the West, too. So it doesn't matter. Any West team that goes to the East, they'll have a chance. It doesn't they have a work chance. out that way ever. They have a chance.
2: Yeah. I mean, Hamilton is still 7-0 and at home.
0: Okay?
1: Yes, they are. That's just a fact. Yeah. And and Hamilton, you can say what you want to say, but Hamilton is a good football team. There's mm. no doubt in my mind, because they've There's done no just as well now. against the they've done just as well against the West this year.
2: Oh no, they've done actually better. Okay. Right. And, and I mean, if you, think, got and if you think victories about it and only four of them are in their own division,
1: well, and they if haven't you played think about about
2: it, that many, many times. They got three more games, they lost, down, right?
1: And, and they lost their starting quarterback. So yeah. A long time, of How well Dane Evans is playing. Yep. So, I mean, granted, Montreal didn't have Stan back in there this week. And, They were missing somebody else, and I can't remember who it was, another big player. So, I don't know. You know, we'll see. I'm really excited about the playoffs coming up because you have to turn it up a notch, and let's see which teams can turn it up a notch.
2: Yeah, because a lot of teams have already turned it up that notch, and it's not quite enough. That's correct. You know, some teams out there right that's now correct. are playing playoff football. If that's their playoff football, I don't know. It's not going to take them very far. I don't know either.
1: I don't know either. I'm, <laughs> I'm still, I don't know to this day, and it's obvious, but I don't really, I can't really tell you who's going to be in the Grey Cup this year other than Hamilton or Montreal. <laughs> that's pretty obvious.
2: I, I have to say it's Hamilton,
1: I would say too there are the yeah. there are the odds on favor absolutely
2: without yeah, without question, but okay, Phil, what's your take on this game? I talked about this game already, yeah oh, did you talk about this game already? you talked about Montreal and winning yeah, he did okay, yeah. and so is the consensus what i mean, ah, never mind. I'm not even going to t- go there. That's just being slimy. We won't talk about Andrew Harrison and, and, and his 166 yards and that he's finally actually played some football. But I think it had a lot to do with Strebler not taking off as much and actually handing off the ball more. And that's probably because of the weather and the play calling of La Police um, that it wasn't a play option for, for him. It was literally give the ball to Andrew Harris and make him go uphill. And that's kind of the way it is, and you're right, will, if uh, you don't dedicate your body to uh, stopping the run, that's how Winnipeg wins football games is the run. They don't win it on the arm of Matt Nichols or Chris Strebler. and that's just simple fact. they do not have the arm to win football games uh they're they're good. they're they're going to pound the ball up the gut, and they're going to do it, and they're going to beat you that way. If you can't stop the run, they've got the W.
1: So and I really score... don't think. I was going to say I really don't think Winnipeg has the receivers to have a good passing game.
2: No, no, that they, wasn't it. Didn't one of their receivers just pass five hundred yards this year? Five hundred. Yeah. They're not. There's no thousand yeah. yard receivers in Winnipeg.
1: I mean, let's face it. For the most part, what's been winning Winnipeg games is their defense. They do have a good defense. There's no doubt about it. They have it.
2: a great defense, and their their offense. Scores enough points to win a football game, and there's been no blow. Winnipeg hasn't blown out anybody You, you could say
1: that. You can say that about Calgary too, to be honest with you. This year. Yeah, this year and last year. Yeah.
2: Okay, so That's final great- score on. Can I finish this one? Yeah. Final final score was 35-24 for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers over the Montreal Alouettes. I want to move on from this game. So let's uh, see what happened here. Charles picked Montreal. Phil took Montreal. CJ picked Montreal. It was between Will and Mark on this one. Will had 21-15. Mark had 26-17. Being 34-24, Mark wins this one. So that's two golden tickets for Mark this week. Ooh, way to go, Mark. Okay, so the final game, a lot of playoff implications to it. Uh, the Edmonton Eskimos were on a downhill slide. They were holding on to their the crossover position by the skin of their teeth. BC was the resurgence team after their pathetic one and ten start to the season. Uh, they had won three or four in a row, uh, four in a row, I guess, and they were just on. They, they were going cruising towards the playoffs. And what happens in this football game? Iron Mike. Goes down with a broken wrist. It was not his throwing wrist, it was his left hand, and he broke the wrist, and uh, that was it. Now, in the previous game, uh, not the previous game, but uh, previous day, uh, the Calgary game, they did everything they could to protect the quarterbacks. In fact, they actually used a very seldom, seldom, seldom used penalty called piling on, believe it or not, uh, on a quarterback. Yet when Mike Riley gets taken down by two guys after he's thrown the football, yeah, I know there's a debate on whether this was a late throw or late hit or not, but two guys take him down, jump on top of him. If that's not piling, I don't know what is no call because the rest never call anything against Mike Riley when he's a quarterback, because it's Mike Riley and oh, well, he's a tough son of a bitch. Uh, so we don't need to do that. Uh, earlier in the season, uh, the coach actually uh, had to throw challenge to get, uh, roughing the passer calls on the Ed, in the Edmonton game. Edmonton uh, defensive line took liberties with uh, BC Lions all season long in three games. And you know BC Lions O line played actually really good up for four games in a row there. Their four victories and then uh, they turned into pylons against Edmonton. Absolutely the worst uh, O line performance from the BC Lions in the last five to six weeks. It was a pathetic, okay? I don't know what the hell happened. You guys got your quarterback hurt and injured, and you kicked your ass out of the playoffs. That's all I got to say. I love my BC Lions. I love the character. They actually they came back, and they played hard for the re- back part of the season here. They showed us something that we hadn't seen earlier in the season. But this game, when it was all on the line, you had to beat the Edmonton Eskimos. You couldn't do it. I'm very disappointed in that aspect of things. I'm proud of you for what you did throughout the season and the improvements that you made, but that game turned my stomach. Point blank, that's the way I see it. Uh, I really am disappointed with the officials. And, uh, yeah, yeah, throwing the flag after Mike Riley had broken his wrist wouldn't have done the BC Lions any good at all, but at least you would have showed something, okay, some emotion that this quarterback was being used as a ragdoll. Okay. That's my take on this one. William, go ahead.
1: You know, it's interesting that you bring up the piling on thing because when that call was made in Winnipeg or in the Calgary game, six people literally asked me if there was such a call. <laughs> yeah. That's how often it's not called. Okay. Yes, I know. So,
2: is this really a penalty? Um, it is.
1: Yeah. It is. It's in the books. Anyways, uh, you know what? BC, they're one of the few teams in the CFL, and every other team has proved it this year, but they're one of the team, few teams in the CFL that cannot win without Mike Riley. They can't win without Mike Riley. No. And he's your most important player on the field. And Mike Riley every minute. Got, got beat up bad this year. He got beat up really bad. I'm shocked and amazed that he lasted this long. But as we've always said, he's the toughest QB in the CFL. Um, so it's it's pretty simple. Without my ground, you're not going to win. They should have protected him at all costs. And all I, year. I, I tend to wonder. All year. All year. Yes, absolutely. And I tend to wonder if that is having a defensive coach as your head coach if they realize how important a guy like Mike Riley is, okay, and you know I'm not I'm not unhappy that BC season has went the way it is, but I am unhappy the rate the way Mike Riley has gotten beat up this year, and because uh, he is, despite and and I can say it he is one of my favorite players. He has been he was when he was in Edmonton. I just don't like Edmonton. And it's too bad that his season was like this. But that's the break sometimes. And uh, they should really work hard on protecting Mike Riley next year. There's no doubt about it. So, I mean, once Mike Riley was gone, BC was not going to win that game, despite how shitty Edmonton actually is. No. So, And it's too bad, but it is what it is. Um, I, I I don't think I saw the play where Mike Riley got hurt. I don't know if it was a penalty or not. Um, I haven't got a chance to watch that yet. So he, he
2: threw the ball but, yeah. and two guys pounded him into the ground.
1: I I think we have unlike unlike a team like Toronto or Ottawa who have to do a total rebuild this off season. I don't think BC has to do a total rebuild. They do need to bring in some younger blood and they do need to get a lot deeper. And their coaching staff is going to have one year's more experience than they had last year. And, uh, we'll see what next year brings. Go ahead.
0: Okay. Phil. Well,
3: like will I think, uh, more than talking specifically about the game, this uh, this warrants talking more about the the season of the BC Lions and and something Will didn't touch on yet is the Edmonton Eskimos. But
2: look because at it, Mike touch Riley. Them. He thinks they
3: say stink. Mike Riley makes nine. Count them nine. Week one starting quarterbacks who lost significant time this season. There is something wrong in the CFL. Can you imagine what would happen in the NFL if 32 week one starting quarterbacks lost significant time or didn't, and half of them did not finish the season, did not even come back later in the season? It would be, it'd be anarchy. There would be rule changes and, and reviews. And, they've and, had
2: rule changes down there to try to bubble wrap the quarterbacks. And it's not working either.
3: And, and the CFL has as well, and it's not working here either. So I, I don't know what the answer is, and I don't pretend to know what the answer is to it, but what, what a season it's been for, for a CFL starting quarterback. And I was hoping, had my fingers crossed, Mike Riley was going to be the one because he is the toughest son of a bitch in the CFL that he'd be the one. But as it turned out, nobody's that tough. Although as far as, You as don't far know. As, he hasn't uh, started
2: the final two games yet. You yeah know, if left he comes with. back and plays with a cast on, you know, he, <laughs> he gets that trophy. Mike,
3: that would not surprise me out of Mike Riley.
2: I was thinking
1: it, of that. It is, he, his, it is his non-throwing <laughs> arm. so.
2: It is his non-throwing yep. arm. So, you know, at least now he'd have a club.
3: Yeah. Well, I've seen defensive backs play with a club in this league. Yep. But,
2: uh, well, definitely linebackers, D. Lyman. Uh, so I, I, I like that. that I, that's an interesting concept there, Phil. Um, what can we do to protect our quarterbacks more? Um, I don't think it's rule changes. I don't think you're going to legislate uh, fair play. I, I, I'd like to think that they do, but they don't. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having suspensions and fines. Um I think you need to get big mean nasty o-linemen. And I think that you know is, is it the ratio that's causing us problems and not being able to bring in we're having to have Canadian o-linemen when we could get some nasty big Americans. Um, because is that I mean the majority of our 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 Americans are you know what we're, we're going to go imports are on defense. Okay? In fact, I think BC ran the entire defense and has for the last 10 years with one or maybe two Canadians on it. Uh, is, it is it time to change, flip that, and put some, uh, put some Canadians on defense and, 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 and bring some more imports in on the O-line? Uh, is that important? Is that a way of doing it? Uh, consistently, consistently calling the rules that we currently have would be really nice. As in one game, they do everything they can to protect the quarterbacks. In the other game, the next game, they, they, they don't do a goddamn thing. I, consistency across the league needs to, needs to happen. And, and we've been saying, barking about that for a decade or more. And uh, it's never happened, and it's not going to happen. So, uh, you know, I don't believe in fairy tales or essential oils. Um, so, I don't know. What 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 can we do to 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 protect our quarterbacks a little bit better? Do, let's let's finish off this game, and uh, we can uh, start right off on on top of this one. Let you guys think about that for a little bit. Phil, do you have anything more to say on this football game? I uh, just that the the
3: Edmonton Eskimos did look very good. They looked particularly good on
0: defense. Mind you, that's
3: pretty easy against uh, a quarterback. No no, you know, not throwing really any shade on you Neil know, Brian but. But that might have been easy for them. But their front, their their defensive line in particular, uh, looked like they did in July. And you remember when they were leading the league in sacks in July? Maybe they still are because they got so far out in front. They were about to, they were going to explode the CFL record.
1: Yeah, yeah, but that, but that was because they played B or that's because they played BC back to back. Okay.
2: Yeah. No, no, I don't know. He's he's talking about BC having the most amount of sacks against them. Yeah. Right. Well, that's that's just a fact. But but Edmonton
3: looked pretty good. They they, uh, and they certainly built themselves some confidence. So the fact that they might cross over, maybe if Winnipeg had lost, uh, they would be a threat to cross over to that Winnipeg over rather than Edmonton. But uh, I wouldn't count Edmonton out when they travel to Montreal to play the Alouettes in the Eastern playoff.
1: I still think they're not going to win anything with killed So,
2: no, no, I have a problem believing that as well.
3: I liked him a little more than you guys maybe did. Together.
2: Okay, so, um, final score on this one was a uh, nineteen to six. I, I, I think there's baseball scores that are – never mind. Uh, not hockey. Definitely not a hockey score, but it could have been a baseball score. Certainly not a football. 19-6 to 6 is the final score in this game. Is that right? Did I read that one right? It was. 19-6. to 6. How embarrassing. Yep. Okay. Um, Charles, Mark, Phil, and CJ all picked – the BC Lions to win. Will went off script and picked the Edmonton Eskimos and gets Did the I golden really? ticket for that. What? You, you picked really? the Edmonton Eskimos 24 14.
1: Get out of here.
2: No, no, I'm dead serious. Yeah, you're the Will, only one oh. to Will picked Edmonton. Yeah, he went off script because he hates the Edmonton Eskimos almost as much as he hates the Saskatchewan Roughriders. And he picked Edmonton but I, to beat BC.
1: And the only reason I picked BC was because you don't like me to pick BC because they lose when I pick BC.
2: I know. I know. I know. I know. I I understand and appreciate the effort there. I know you took one for the team or for the guys here, and uh, you actually ended up being rewarded for it with the Golden Star. Okay, so that means that Will, Charles each get one this week. Uh, Mark gets a couple. Phil is shut out, and CJ is shut out. So, after 18 weeks of the 2019 CFL season, the standings are as follows Phil with 20, Mark with 20, Charles with 13. So, he's not going to catch Mark and Phil, doubt it. Will with 11. You're still two behind Charles. And CJ has a pathetic, what is it, six or something? I don't know what it is. I'm not even paying attention to that anymore. Yeah, I got six this, this year so far. So Will is um, expanding his lead over CJ and trying to catch Charles, and Charles is just treading water, staying ahead. And that's the way we have it on this uh, day in a 19, or sorry 2019. What? I'm in the wrong millennium. Uh, there it is. Wrap it up. Let's move on. Taking us an hour. That's good. Let's see if we can do another hour. That's probably good. We're going to talk about that. Come back to this. Uh, what, what can we do to uh, protect the quarterbacks? Or make not necessarily protect the quarterbacks, but make sure that they are able to finish a game or finish the season. As uh, Phil pointed out, all nine starting quarterbacks missed sometime this year. Uh, Iron Mike going down in week 18, which he should have gone down in week one. But uh, he held it together because he's the toughest motherfucker in the CFL. And we all know that. Uh, But he still wasn't tough enough to survive the season. We can't keep destroying our marquee quarterbacks like this. What can we do to make it different? William, go ahead.
1: Well, you know what the first thing I... I'd like to take out of the game and it's not necessarily protecting quarterbacks, but it's saving everybody else. This bullshit where the quarterback could run past the line of scrimmage and then, and then what do you call it? Hook slide. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And it, it seemed to particularly stick out in the Calgary game against the catch one because Fajardo ran a couple of times and you can see the Calgary players were hesitant to hit him. Okay. And I think he, and and a couple of times he didn't hook slide. He just went straight ahead. And, and yeah,
2: why not? Nobody's going to touch me. I might as well keep going.
1: Well, well, right. And if I hook slide and someone hits me, I'm going to get a penalty anyways, because there was one play where he did hook slide and, two Calgary players looked like they were gymnasts trying to not hit the guy on the ground. Okay. They were jumping in the air and doing flips just to not touch them so they wouldn't get a a flag. Okay. I think that should be outlawed. I think the minute they pass the line of scrimmage, they should be a running back. It's that simple. And yeah, it may not protect the quarterback, but maybe the quarterbacks will think twice about, uh, running the ball. And you can say you want about quarterbacks running the ball, but we'll go back to CJ's favorite subject, and that is Bo Levi not getting touched. Okay? It was pretty funny on his podcast this week. Some guys asked him what skill he would like to take from another quarterback in the CFL to make himself better. And one of the guys brought up, Cody Fajardo or Bethel Thomas, or I can't remember who the other guys, their ability to run the ball. And Bo looked, Bo said after, they said that, yeah, that would be a nice ability, but I still wouldn't run the ball. Okay? So he's all about protecting himself. And and maybe that's how you protect quarterbacks. they got to protect themselves. It's that simple. So oh, you don't agreed.
2: run the ball. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. 100%. And if you remember earlier, I think earlier this year, I said I don't think quarterbacks should be allowed over the line of scrimmage. They're not allowed over the line of scrimmage to throw the ball. They shouldn't be allowed over the line of scrimmage to um, run the ball. So as soon as they cross the line of scrimmage, the play's over.
1: The play's over. Or or if they cross the line of scrimmage, they're just like every other player, and they can get hit, and they can't hook slide.
2: No, that's not going to protect them.
1: I know it's not we're going to trying, protect we're them. We're trying
2: to make them last long. In fact, I, but it, I mean, but we all know that hook slide is the most them. dangerous play in the, uh, on a football field.
1: But it you, might Whenever you surrender, you get killed. They'll think, they might protect them the fact that they'll think twice about running over the line of scrimmage.
2: These are football players. They don't really think that much. Um, <sighs> did I say that out loud?
1: I didn't yeah. say that, but hey, if the shoe fits. If the shoe
2: fits, right? I mean, yeah. Right. Let's, let's just face facts, okay? Um, I, I like Mike Riley's ability to do what he does, but not at the cost of our season. Okay? Now, granted, this was not a, a running play where he got tackled. It was a, it was, he, he threw the ball and, and was, was pounded into the turf. Um, but I've seen <laughs> quarterbacks, Dave Dickinson, take horrendous hits. Because they've crossed the line of scrimmage and thought that they were running backs. They don't have the same pads on that a running back does. That's why they're not supposed to run the ball. Yes, we know that there are quarterbacks out there that make the, made a living running the ball. Damon Allen's one of them, Darian Durant's another. And I just think they're dumb goons. They should never have been as successful as they are. The only reason why they were is they could take a hit and keep and get back up, but they shouldn't have had to. Okay. They were just too stupid not to run. Uh, I don't know. To me, it's exciting. I I love the element of a, of a, of a quarterback running the ball is an exciting play. Okay. It's an exciting play. I, 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 agree
0: Taking that out
2: of the football game would be a loss to the game, but taking the quarterback out of the game is a loss to
1: the game. I mean, I do like Bo Levi's attitude and why he doesn't run, and he says he doesn't run because running for four or five yards to get a first down, he said, is great, but at the risk of losing the quarterback for the rest of the season. And it is all about the team, right? It's not worth it as far as he's concerned
2: I agree with him, and you
1: might yeah, I might call him a pussy, but you know, I guess he's a smart pussy. I don't know
3: I agree with the concepts mentioned, gentlemen. Uh, you know let's go let's back way back to week one of the season when Zach Caleros gave himself up for a hook slide, and uh, Simone Lawrence took his head off. Uh, Zach Calares doesn't hook slide there and stands up and and acts like a running back to be tackled. Samori Lawrence doesn't get the opportunity to take his head off. And hook sliding has always bothered me for this reason. Do you, well, you guys it realize? Is. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You, you guys uh, speaking of Bo Levi, you know how many times Bo Levi ran in 2019? Twelve. Like, twice two times both in the first game against Ottawa
1: <laughs> love it yep. uh,
3: so the game can be played without a running quarterback
1: because of I can. think
3: a, a lot of people around the league agree that Bo Levi Mitchell is is uh not just chopped liver as far as a quarterback goes and uh it would be interesting to see uh uh Teams uh, acknowledge that maybe from their own schemes, much like the Calgary Stampers have done. And we have started to see it around the league a little bit. After the injuries started to happen, we started to see the, the double tight end uh, schemes a little more often to provide a little more protection for quarterbacks, particularly with teams that were having trouble. Uh, but we're also starting to see that double tight end used in, in the option a lot. Like uh, you guys were mentioning uh, earlier about uh, – how Harris had such a big game there yesterday. Well, Winnipeg's been allowed to do that because Chris Trevor has been running. The uh, linebackers are keying on Straveller and I think that gave Harris an opportunity to have such a big 160-yard-plus game uh, the other day, which, you know, it, it's great to watch those kind of chess games and watch them develop, but we need quarterbacks to, to, to try to get in more than... than one to nine games in a CFL season uh, particularly starting quarterbacks that's who puts people in the seats creates the interest and we want to see the best quarterbacks as possible in a a CFL game which is known for its passing style watching Chris Drevler throw for 174 yards in a victory is not exciting football no that's my two cents
2: Okay. So I I like the concept of the quarterback's not allowed across the line of scrimmage. The goalie's not allowed across the center line in a hockey game. I don't know why, but you know, he's not. Why why can't you do this? You know, you, you might think that it takes something away from the game, but we're after all we're trying to bur- Now, let's go back and how many of these injuries were caused by a running quarterback? many were caused by a late hit as a sack or late hit after the ball was thrown or something other than that. Like Mike Riley's was not, you can't blame that on a running quarterback. Uh, he got hit in the backfield, uh, taken down. Uh, was it a late hit? I don't think it was a late hit, but it was two guys jumping on top of him after he threw the ball. Now, I don't know. I'm I'm just a little, I'll, I'll, I'll say, uh, pissed off uh burt i feel hosed about wh- how that all transpired and that there wasn't a call on it maybe there shouldn't have been a call on it maybe i'm just being jaded uh but i just think that we need to do more to protect these quarterbacks and i still think i bc lions haven't had an O line since uh rob murphy and jason jimenez were playing uh tackles in the in the cfl and i mean Damn, I miss those days of those mean nasty Americans. Okay? Yeah, we had to do something with the ratio. Yes, they cost us a lot of money, but damn, it it was worth it back then. And it would be worth it right now. I don't think that you could spend enough money protecting Mike Riley in this aspect. And you know, we may end up having to turn him into a pocket passer. You know, and if you do that, then how are you going to survive that if you do not protect the man? And there are players out there. I mean, Zach Caleros is one of the most talented quarterbacks that I've seen in a very, very, very long time, and he's never had an O-line in front of him. Never, never. Not in Hamilton. Ken Austin didn't build him an O-line. Chris Jones did not build him an O-line. It just didn't happen. And he's been hurt every single season. Every single season. Is it because he's not tough enough? I don't know. He's taken some hellacious hits. Now, just to correct you on something, Phil, if I may, Zach Caleros did not have his head taken off by Simone Lawrence. Simone Lawrence hit him in the shoulder, and his head smashed into the ground. Okay? So the fact that his head made contact with the ground isn't necessarily that, that And Because uh, Simone Lawrence was trying to roll out of the hit and didn't take him with full impact. If he had, Zach Caleros would have been taken out in the stretcher. Cool. Um, no, Christopher,
3: I think we need to have a watch party with that piece of video. Here sure. Where can
2: we can go get that. We can go get that. Uh, we'll find some links to talk about this one afterwards. Yeah, I don't think he got hit in the head. I honestly don't. And it certainly wasn't a helmet-to-helmet contact. Oh, shoulder-to-helmet. Shoulder-to-helmet is a possibility. But uh yeah, it was uh it was it was uh, I don't know I, I I think he tried to hold up and and try to prevent the hit himself myself, but you know, uh rider fans won't agree with that one. Okay, uh where do you want to go next? William, pick a topic let's let's play let's play football. Wait, 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 hang on what let's talk about the playoff implications right now. Where we got the standings? We got the standings right now with three teams count them, three teams tied for first place in the Western Division. With Calgary having the upper hand with the uh, season series with Saskatchewan, Winnipeg is a game behind them, also with ten uh, ten victories, but they've also got six losses. They only have two games to play, where uh, Calgary and Saskatchewan both have three. So if Calgary wins out the three remaining games, their first place got the bye. uh, Winners in the Western Division. Okay? Okay. Um, Saskatchewan wins out, which uh, one of those games I believe is against Calgary. Is Calgary? No, Calgary and Saskatchewan are not playing again, nope. are they? No, no. Nope. That's that's it. That's over. Uh, Calgary's two remaining games are against two against Winnipeg, a home home series, Bombers, and BC. one against BC. Saskatchewan gets to play Edmonton, and who else? Oh, they play BC next week. Yeah. And they play – where is my schedule? I'll just flip through real fast. Here. I've got it up here. Do, 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 do. Phil doesn't know who the Riders play for the final games of the season. Oh, my goodness. Saskatchewan plays BC next week. Then Saskatchewan plays Edmonton. And in week 21, Saskatchewan plays Edmonton again. So it's, it's a home-and-home home series with Edmonton and one against BC. So, uh, quite frankly, uh, Saskatchewan has a really good chance of winning out. Okay? I don't think yep. Edmonton's that good of a team, and BC is, is, is nothing right now without a quarterback. Uh, because uh, Danny O'Brien or uh, Brandon Bridge do not quantify as quarterbacks in this league, in my opinion. Starting quarterbacks in this league. So, um, yeah, Saskatchewan could very well win out. Calgary, on the other hand, has to take two away from Winnipeg, and that will be a challenge okay regardless of what they say i think that will be a challenge so interesting interesting play out how this could go now winnipeg has to play back to back with calgary and that's it that's it so let's just say they get they split that with with calgary one and one calgary is uh, gets 11 wins winnipeg gets 11 wins uh, calgary has a season series with winnipeg and so that's the way that that flies down, Calgary is in first place Sus- or would be in second place because Saskatchewan would be rolling. I don't know. It looks like Edmonton is destined for the crossover. We'll be playing Montreal. Uh, Eastern Division is set with Hamilton and Montreal. Hamilton with 12 wins on the season. Uh, one of the few teams that's actually got up into that number, uh, or the only team that's got that number. Everybody else is at 10. I mean, remember the game- seasons recently where Calgary was, uh, like, 14 and 15 wins in a season. Not even close to it this year. Uh, Montreal will probably finish the season sub 500. Hate to say that, but there's a good possibility. Uh, Oh no, they'll get a, they're going to take one from, from Ottawa. So, uh, and maybe even Toronto, who knows? We'll see. They may get over the, uh, the, the midway mark. Uh, Edmonton may end up with 500 football and, uh, interesting concept that would be nice to have all teams in the uh playoffs that are above 500 i think that's a novelty last year hamilton got into the playoffs at 8 and 10 8 and 10 you shouldn't be allowed to be in the playoffs you certainly shouldn't be allowed to host a home game that's why this divisional um playoff situation does not work in the cfl it does not work we'll talk about that in the offseason i'm sure uh what do you see going on to the playoffs in here uh phil how do you figure it's going to play out Do you think saskatchewan is going to be able to win out their three games bc and two against edmonton and overpass overtake that calgary stampeders for first place or do you think calgary is going to steal a couple from winnipeg well first of all
3: christopher uh this season is starting to remind me a lot of uh 2009 when there wasn't a, a great had,
2: Grey Cup game, by the way. 2009 was a yeah. spectacular Grey Cup game.
3: One of my favorites. And there wasn't a there wasn't a team that had a, a a particular dominance in in the in the West going in. I believe that Calgary, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg all finished with uh, ten, seven, and one records.
0: Um,
2: no. Saskatchewan. 2009. Calgary and Saskatchewan were ten and seven, and Edmonton was nine and nine, and BC was out with an eight and ten. Uh, Winnipeg,
3: uh, I believe, was ten and seven and one as well. Three, Winnipeg three was in the east. Seven.
0: Oh, there was no
3: Ottawa. All oh, right, I'm mistaken. I thought three teams tied in the east, and and a tiebreaker
2: uh, set up the. Uh, no, BC crossed three over and eliminated Winnipeg, and actually and it got blown out by Hamilton, if I remember correctly.
3: Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It was just Calgary and Saskatchewan tied at 10, 7, and 1, Edmonton, 9, and 9. Right. And, uh, but there, there again, it wasn't a dominance. There wasn't a, a Western team that had exhibited, uh, absolute dominance over the, over the rest of the league, uh, particularly because the West was so competitive itself. Uh, uh, Saskatchewan was 5-4-1 in the division, Calgary 6-3-1, and one, Edmonton 4-6 in the division. And, and, and BC not that far behind, 4-4. Four four. So th- it was tight. Like this year, uh, you know, you, ha- you had 3-4 uh, teams that were right there in the western division. And it's starting to feel a lot like that. And it, it's still a toss-up. It's still anybody's because Saskatchewan does have a, uh, have a little bit weaker schedule going in than uh, either Calgary or Winnipeg. And uh, so, Winnipeg, certainly, if I were to give anybody odds of, of not finishing first, it's going to be the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Calgary and Saskatchewan, even with Calgary hold, holding the, uh, the season series, I'm still going to lay it at even odds of Calgary and Saskatchewan winning the West in, in 2019. Calgary and Saskatchewan,
2: they can't. You've got to pick one or the other. So I, I, I'm
3: giving them even odds
2: of winning. Oh, West. okay. In other words,
3: I think it's a toss-up.
2: Calgary's got a tougher schedule, but you think that they're, they're a stronger team that could possibly do that? What you're basically saying? Uh, they got a
3: tougher schedule, but they hold the uh, they hold the balance of power in in the record against Saskatchewan. I'm not going to say they're the better team.
2: If Saskatchewan loses a game, one game. Saskatchewan loses one of their final three games. They're in second place. Yep. yep. That, that's my belief. Saskatchewan just came into,
3: into, into Calgary, and they lost by two points. It's automatic three and a three-and-a-half point for the visitor team. So uh, Saskatchewan, even if you considered even odds coming in, covered the spread. In, in my mind, that makes them a better team than the Calgary Stampeders statistically.
2: Well, it was a two-and-a-half point judged- spread, and they didn't beat the spread because they were out by two points. Can-
3: Right. So, so in other words, prognosticators felt that the Riders were a one-point better team going in, and they were pretty close to being right. Uh, they were so close on the spread. So, it, it's a saw-off. These are two very, very good football teams, and it's going to be exciting, and, and I expect to see both of them in the Western final. And, uh, I mean, it doesn't get any better than this for uh, Prairie football fans. of Winnipeg.
2: Yeah, you're just writing off Winnipeg completely. Are you just saying that because Andrew Harris isn't juicing, or what?
3: No, I'm just saying that because uh, Chris Traveler is the starting quarterback, and I don't think there's going to be time to catch Caleros up on his system and make him effective in time for the playoffs.
2: Interesting. Interesting run, though. Does Winnipeg concede to third place and get some playing time to Zach Caleros for the playoffs? or do they try to beat Calgary with Chris Strebler? Are they going after a home playoff game, and they're going to do that with Strebler, or are they going to give Calero some playing time so that he could actually be competitive in the playoffs? He's only got to play total three games in the playoffs. This got to get is a tr- tremendously <laughs> suspenseful movie. It, this is good. I like this. This is this is one of the the, the scenarios that I'm really excited about is to see what they do with Zach Caleros, because they have to know they're not going to go anywhere with Strebler. They have to know that. So you know, are you just gonna say, oh well, we did we we gave it the old college try and 2019, just wasn't our year. You know, once Matt Nichols went down there, what could we do? No, you got to try something, and trying something was trading for Zach Caleros. Is he going to see some playing time before the end of the season? It's a great question. Phil, or Will, what do you see in the playoff scenario coming up? Uh, How do you think the teams are going to end the season? You think Calgary's going to be able to win out? Are they going to be able to take two games from Winnipeg?
1: I don't think, as long as Winnipeg keeps on winning, I don't think you're going to see Zach Calaris. But
2: They're not winning. They won one game of five.
1: That is correct. They've won one game, but they're on the run now, so they play Calgary back. They're not going to put Zach Calaris in against Calgary in the first game at least second game depends how the first game turns out. Um, they, put- I, Calgary definitely has a tougher schedule than Saskatchewan does. There's no doubt about that. Um, do I think Calgary can win both games? I think they can, but it'll probably be a split. Hard to say. Because once again, we haven't seen Calgary with Bo Levi against Winnipeg this year. Um, nope. He was hurt in the only game they played. And that was a pretty close game. That was a pretty close game. Um, I, You know what? I think Calgary is a really talented team. I think they have as much talent this year as they've had in previous years. But I think they're too young right now. And, I mean, if you, if you watched the first half last week against Saskatchewan, they took some pretty undisciplined penalties, which is not the norm for Calgary teams. And I do believe Dave Dickinson must have taken the paint off the walls at halftime because they were very – they did not take any shitty penalties in the second half. They were walking away from everything. And so I think they got read the right act and that's usually what happens with the younger team. Okay. Not to mention Chris Casher got kicked out of the game for twisting Fajardo's ankle. So I, I I think Calgary has enough talent to finish first place and go all the way, but uh, we'll see what team comes out. And of course, I'm curious to see if Trey Roberson is back or not. Um, but I'm still going to pick Calgary as finishing first overall. I do believe they have that ability. Um, I mean, Saskatchewan does play Edmonton back-to-back, and don't tell me Edmonton's going to lay down for them. They're not. But they have Kilgore as their starting quarterback. So, Edmonton
2: is not that good a team. Know,
1: well, no, they're not, but they're still right there, Okay. I think they have I think they have a pretty good defense um i think uh and and Sask- i I just don't think Saskatchewan's that good and despite what everybody says how great Fajardo is playing and fajardo is playing great he doesn't do as well on the road so it's true I don't know i i i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, <laughs> every year Calgary's goal is to finish first in the West. And I think uh you know they have to finish first if they want to get to the Great Cup because I don't know if they're gonna win Saskatchewan and I don't know if they're gonna win in Winnipeg. So we'll see if they if these games if they really know what these games mean to them that are coming up. I can very easily see Calgary beating Winnipeg back to back. I don't know if it's gonna happen. But I'm still going to pick uh, I, I'm still not sure I You still can't write off I don't think you can write off The Bombers because of their defense And I I do believe Chris Strebler does get better Every game Understand this is only a second year player With not that many starts So Who knows Who knows I, it's it's just too close to pick. And, I mean, I'll be damned if I'm going to sit in the stadium for the Grey Cup and watch Saskatchewan because I don't want to sit in those stands and watch Saskatchewan. But I don't have a choice this year. I'll be there regardless of who's in the Grey Cup. So, But, yeah, I'm going to still pick Winnipeg. Or, sorry, I'm still going to pick Calgary, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg. That's the quarter they'll finish this year.
2: Calgary, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Edmonton.
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: Okay. Interesting. Edmonton crosses over. Do they have a hope in hell in Montreal?
1: Well, in the playoffs everybody has a hope. Right? You know. If Fernament won in Ottawa in twenty
3: seventeen. And we're one play away, one second and 20 or second and 17 away from going to the Grey Cup as the Eastern representative in 2017.
1: Yeah. So, Phil, how much do you want to bet that uh, if uh, Saskatchewan gets into the Grey Cup this year that uh, Dickinson assigns one coach, Phil, one coach, and his only job is to count the players on the field whenever they whatever they come on you know what i mean you think they'll have that i'll be sitting on the riders side
3: of the, i'll be sitting on the riders side of the field counting them every
1: play okay <laughs> okay but yeah like i said this year it's not it's It's going to be a great finish regardless. There's no doubt about it.
3: It's a shame we're never going to see Yep. Shame we're never going to see a Saskatchewan-Calgary Grey Cup.
1: Well, and, and the other thing you've got to understand, and I'm still confident that it's going to happen, I think Bo is going to play better down the down the stretch, and if Bo gets hot, nobody's going to beat them. Nobody's going to beat them.
3: You're right there, well, but he's got two receivers.
1: I, in my well, mind,
3: he's got three young Canadians. Though so I'd like to say some good things about them. Uh, the the Calgary Stampeders have done a great job of, of developing and, and putting and getting some playing time for three young Canadian receivers, which is something they haven't done in the recent past, and, and few teams have. And the Riders in particular have, have not. Uh, that, that heard you, Maiawa. He's ready to play, uh, as as they said. He was the most, uh, of all the receivers, Canadian receivers in the draft, they said he was the most ready to play, he may not have the highest ceiling. Well, I'm sure hoping the two rider draft picks in the early rounds uh End up having a higher ceiling because they have not had the season that Herji Myala has had. That uh, buddy of yours, his son there, uh, Clayton Hunchak, uh,
0: he's Colton having Hunchak. a whale of a
3: season. Col- Colton, and and, and the, the other name just escapes me. But Calgary also had a, a kind of a breakout game from that running back uh, last name leader. I think it's a hyphenated last name. Uh, what? What a contribution from uh, Canadian uh, skill players that the Calgary's down-peters ended up with on Friday night.
1: Yeah, and, I, and my biggest disappointment with Calgary is they don't – they haven't had a running back since uh, Messum, to be honest with you. It's been a running back by numbers. And even though what? Leader played well, even though Leader played well on Friday night, he's not an every-down back.
3: I'm hoping that Don Jackson ends up with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in 2020 because he and Cody Fajardo uh, teamed up at uh, University of Nevada uh, to create an op, uh, a dominant option offense at that time. Uh, much course yep. like seeing know to win this last week. So uh, I would sure like to see some of that magic come back again. So uh, I don't know what, what his contract status is, but uh, as soon as I heard that, my ears perked up. I'm looking forward to hopefully landing Don Jackson at this point in free agency.
1: And I think Don Jackson was was on his way out. The only thing that's, that's kept him here is that uh, Kadim Carey got hurt because he looked like he was headed for the starting back for all time and uh, Romar Morris towards Achilles tendon again. And so I don't think Don Jackson is in their plans, to be honest with you.
3: I'm, I'm not as high on Romar Morris, but I sure hope you're Kadeem Carey. He's, he's a good back.
1: Yeah, but, you know, backs to me, still backs are a dime a dozen, so that could change any time. So, you know. Christopher, are you still with us or are you sleeping?
0: No,
2: I'm here. I'm here. I just uh, – I, I my team's out of the – playoffs i don't give a fuck (laughs) yeah i get that
1: i get that i get that just
2: be honest right so you know i just uh i mean you know know what
1: overall overall this year it's been it's been more exciting for me because usually the Stampeders have run away with first place way before now and it's kind of cool that they're in a fight for first place it makes the games more exciting
2: Oh yeah, this is an exciting so. season. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying that. I I I, 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 I truly that. believe that this is an exciting season. I just don't care. <laughs> yeah, I I, know. I, don't, I get it. I I, I I don't like Calgary. I don't like. I don't mind Calgary. I don't like believe I B- 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 M- Mitchell. I've never been a fan of Edmonton. Uh, oh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers used to be my team to to cheer for, but their fans this year have been so bloody arrogant. I just hope they get eliminated from the playoffs early. Uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I can't stand. So, you know, in, in reality, Hamilton Tiger Cats were my second favorite team in the league for a lot of years until Kent Austin took them over and brought that idiot Brandon Banks into the league. And I can't stand that little w- worm either. So it's really hard for me to cheer for Hamilton Tiger Cats. Once that guy's off the team, Tiger Cats are my eastern team to pick up back there, right? Uh, Montreal right now, I don't – there's nothing I've never thought of Montreal Alouettes as a CFL team. So um, yeah, I don't know. It just there's, there's nobody in the playoffs right now that I I find worthy. It's,
1: yeah, it's well, just it's been a different year this year. You know what? One of my it biggest has. complaints this year. One of my biggest complaints this year has been on all our Let's Talk websites. Yeah the shit comments that are throughout the whole thing. There's just,
2: it's a lot of negativity
1: crap. It is. There's so much crap on there. It's not funny. And I, it's gotten to the point this year where I haven't commented as much as I usually do because arguing with idiots is, is not going to get me anywhere. And I just don't have the, I don't have the energy for it anymore. When people say things on there, that are just blatantly stupid, and yeah. and you realize they have no idea, no idea whatsoever about what they're talking about. I just, quit. I know. I've had enough. I've had enough. There, so, there,
2: there's a saying out there that says, arguing with a truck driver after a while, you real, uh, arguing with a truck driver is like wrestling with a pig. Uh, after a while, you, re- <laughs> the pig just really enjoys it.
1: Yeah. Yeah
2: Right? So, yeah. you know it, it, it,
0: it's, it's Yeah
2: It's hard to soar with the eagles when you're surrounded by turkeys And that is the case Absolutely You're,
0: you're 100% right,
2: there are so many people that are making absolutely stupid comments And then will argue tooth and nail over them Okay? At yep. least when I say something that's dumbass stupid Okay? I can usually back it up with some logic I I can. You know, my whole concept with Levi Mitchell not being that good of a quarterback, I can back it up with some logic. It doesn't mean that it's sound. It doesn't mean that it's real. We do know that he's the winningest quarterback in CFL history, right? I'm not denying that. I'm not denying what he's done with the Calgary Stampeders. I just don't think it's all him. I don't think that you can say he's the winningest quarterback, or he is the winningest quarterback, but he's not the Best quarterback. I, I think half the quarterbacks in the league could have won the same amount of games if they played for Calgary. That's the only thing I say about this, and we'll never know that. But at least when I say so, something that is not, it was controversial, I can back it up with some lo- sound logic. I don't think Anthony Calvillo was that good of a quarterback. I think Damon Allen was a bum. Okay, I can back up my statement in that, even though their stats say that they were the best at what they did Anthony Calvillo played the longest amount of games why he put took believe by Mitchell's philosophy I don't run
0: I I, and I don't take hits.
2: somebody's coming to tackle me I'm gonna throw the ball away okay I I don't like that style of quarterback but you have to admire the longevity that Anthony Calvillo played in the CFL. But Levi Mitchell could play the same amount. That doesn't mean that Mike Riley is because the toll is going to be taken on Mike Riley's body where it's not on Bo Levi yeah. Mitchell. He could play for another 10 years and, 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 and break all Anthony Calvillo's records. Okay? That doesn't mean that I like his style of play. I don't, that, that doesn't mean that I think that he's going to be a better quarterback. I, he could just end up being the best of all times, right? Damon Allen, he, he ran the ball. He is the leading runner in CFL history as a quarterback. He has more yep. running yards than any running back ever had in the CFL.
3: Okay? And interestingly, I, had nev- I was never a Damon Allen fan. Up until oh. maybe his last season or two. And because of the style of play, it, to me, it wasn't interesting. It wasn't exciting.
2: I didn't find him a good quarterback. I couldn't wait till he left BC. Get rid of this guy. My own quarterback, I wanted him to go away.
1: You know, the most amazing, the most amazing thing about him is you look at his body type and you think to yourself, why didn't he die? Yeah. Because
2: yeah, he, he was wasn't like a fart boy. in the wind.
1: He was like a fart yeah. in the wind. And and, and
3: he ran he, running straight up or walked straight up and down as well. He, he should have yeah. taken bigger hits than he ever did take.
1: Yeah, he was a great runner. There's no doubt about it. As much as I didn't, I didn't like him either. But, you know, and I like him even less now because he puts comments online sometimes that are just, he's quite a, I think he's quite arrogant. So, but whatever. Yeah. Okay.
2: Uh, where do you guys want to go from now? We have talked playoffs. We talked quarterbacks. We talked all sorts of things. Uh, who's going to be the got uh, the star of the playoffs coming up? Do you see that? Anybody? Who's gonna Who's gonna be the standout star? Is it going to be Williams? Yeah, you know, I think. Uh,
1: no, I think the standout star is going to be the premier quarterback in the league, card, Cody Fajardo. I can see it's him throwing finished. 700 yards in the Western final. Final. Absolutely.
3: <laughs> All right, let's be serious for a second. I, I see Dean Evans as being a being a star uh, and possibly bringing home a great Cup as a uh, as a rookie. If we're talking quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, possibly. Possibly. I I
3: see him pulling up. Billie by Mitchell, circa
2: 2014. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. And you know, for everything that we say of the Eastern Division sucking, and has for the last three decades, there's always been one team that has showed greatness, okay? It means the division sucks. It doesn't mean that all the teams in the division suck. And right now, Hamilton does not suck, okay? They are probably the best team in the league right now. They have the best record. They are on a tear, and they are dangerous. And for the Western Division to get cocky right now and say, well, we're just, we're the best, uh, you know, it's, it's the fight is between Winnipeg, Calgary, and Saskatchewan. It's not. That's just the fight to get us. I mean, it's like one of these. Uh, you know, when you're doing a heavyweight bite, uh, uh, fight, uh, you got to beat up a whole pile of other people to get the the you know the the big match to get to the undefeated champion or the you know the undisputed champion of the world at this point in time. That's what you got to do right now. You have to get to play, you have to get to play Hamilton. Granted Hamilton has to get to the game first cuz they got a Edmonton Montreal is happening over there as well, which we're not going to disrespect them. Um but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting times. Wait, you know what? I love that old Chinese curse or proverb or whatever you want to call it. May you live in interesting times. And we do.
1: Well, you know what? I mean, I think right now the favorite to win the the Great Cup has to be Hamilton. Has to be. Currently. Has to be. And if you discount them, you're in trouble. Well,
2: I mean, the funny thing is, is if you look at the standings, and the, the, the most scary statistic out there right now... Oh, I'm still back in 2009. Let's get back to 2019. Uh, Hamilton is 4-1 in the Eastern Division. But they have 12 wins on the season. That means they beat Western teams eight times. And they lost twice. So... Right. The the odds. I mean, obviously they played a lot more games in the West than they have in the East, but they are the same. They're 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 at twenty five percent. No, they're seventy five percent. No, they're they're not. They're at twenty.
1: Who did they lose win. to twice? Where? Who did they lose to? They lost to they lost to Calgary. They lost. Did they lose to Saskatchewan. Okay, there you go. And these are the two front runners in but the But they've also
2: beat Saskatchewan, so, and they've also beat Calgary. Mhm.
3: They beat Saskatchewan. Absolutely. The quarterback's head off in the season
1: opener.
2: A win is a win, buddy.
1: Mhm. But then again, I could turn around and say, and they beat Calgary with our buckle as the starting quarterback. Yep. So. And only by seven points or something like that. The biggest, the biggest, I was going to say the biggest, go ahead. Sorry,
3: well, I'm sorry to interrupt. They beat the Stampeders uh, statistically superior quarterback then technically.
1: But the biggest weakness of the Stampeders this year, and I am shocked by this. I'm totally shocked because we have said on this program numerous times that Mark Killam is one of the best coaches in the CFL.
0: Special and his special teams
1: illy. have have not been special this year. No,
2: they've been very ordinary.
1: Mhm. And I mean, against against uh, Hamilton, they let in two special teams touchdowns. So. Yeah. And against Winnipeg in that first game, they let in two game two touch special teams touchdowns against Winnipeg too. So.
3: Let in Will's like me start to talk Like an old goalie
1: I know It's It's uh, And I mean You know I don't know Mark Killam's Got to be You can see Mark Killam Leaving Leaving what Or leaving Calgary Eventually I would assume We'll see Because I know Dave Dickens Is not going Anywhere
2: no, no. I was actually hoping uh, Killam was the one that was coming to BC, but uh, I'm not disappointed with Devon Claybrooks.
1: No, I mean we 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 gave Mike or we gave Mike O'Shea uh, seven years. You can give uh, Claybrooks at oh. least two. Oh,
2: oh, oh without <laughs> without question, Claybrooks is sticking around. I have no problems with yep. him.
1: I think I think uh, what uh, B.C. has to do next year is get rid of Jarius Jackson. You think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm yeah. He wasn't that ready
3: for the offensive coordinator job.
1: And don't be surprised if Clay Brooks tries to pry, I would think, Dinwiddie out of Calgary. Blue he hasn't he's not going anywhere while Dave Dickinson's still there.
2: No, but then his I contract think. would have to be up because it's not a it's not a promotion.
1: Well yes it would be because he's not the offensive coordinator in Calgary. Who is? Dave Dickinson.
2: No, Dickinson gave that up, did he not? Did he not make Ryan
1: no, he Dinwiddie then? Did no, 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 no. <laughs> Ryan <laughs> Dinwiddie is still the quarterback's coach. Ryan Dinwiddie no, might be the is. brains
3: behind this current offense, though. But Ryan Dinwiddie might be the brains behind this current offense, though.
1: I know I know. it's Dinwiddie who talks to Bo all the time on, on the sidelines. Speaking of sidelines, let's talk about this for a minute. Just a very short minute. This bullshit crap that these teams are doing with the chain and the special play of the game thing or the best play of that series. What a bunch of crap is that? I think it's stupid. Yeah, I you mentioned think
3: it's
1: stupid
3: because they're no. not hanging it on a white horse.
1: No, no. It's stupid because Calgary would never do that because in my mind, when you're on the sidelines, you should be concentrating on the next play, not what happened the play before.
3: Can't disagree there.
1: It, it's so high school, it's not funny.
3: It's, a, it's actually very college. It's going across college football real big right now. It'll probably disappear yeah, soon. Well,
2: if, if we did that in high it, school, we would have had our t- heads taken off by the coach.
0: Absolutely. You focus uh-huh. on what's
2: in front of you, not what's in behind you.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I agree. Okay. What happened in the past
2: is irrelevant. Your memory had better be short whether you did a good job or not.
1: That's correct. It's the same as you'll hear it from most players on any team in this league, mostly, and I've heard it mostly from Calgary and Winnipeg, is they take one game at a time, and what they did last week does not matter.
2: No, it does not matter. What they did in that game, in the game that they're playing right now, that's already happened, does not matter until you get to the film room. Yep. Okay? And that's when we find out what the frick you did right or wrong. Right.
3: There's also something to be said. These are professional football players. They're going to work at football for a living, even though it is the dream job in a way. But they're making this big commitment. It's good to see... These guys loosen up a little bit and, and show some love for teammates. Uh, I, I think that's one thing the CFL is way ahead of the NFL. Uh, every team is more, much more like a family. Uh, it's more like a like a small college or a smaller college school because I, I think the top twenty five colleges in the U.S. maybe lack some of that as well. And, and I love to see that because that is also what we see in high school sports. And, and I think it's the uh, the essence of. Of sports competition, and particularly football, so I, I I do like to see it in a way because you can tell the team is pulling together. They are a family and they love loving each other. So it's, uh, okay, I'll, I'll pull right out of my, my 1950s hippie uh, act now, I'm starting to sound like a liberal.
1: I mean, let's face it, the nicest thing about the CFL, and I noticed Alex Singleton made a comment about it this year when they've interviewed him out of Philadelphia. No, the nice thing is he says he has been involved in lots of Philadelphia community things, and you do not go to these community things in the NFL without an escort and without guards, okay? He said in the CFL he'd pull up to these places in his pickup truck and jump out, and people would talk to him, and it was no problem. Apparently, the NFL is not like that. They don't give you as much accessibility to the players. Oh, yeah,
3: good point. I could have rolled on Trey Roberson's uh, back of his leg this this summer if I wanted to. I had a couple chances.
2: He would have kicked the shit out of you. (laughs) (laughs) Not before I rolled up on his ankle. He still would have done you in. Right. I mean <laughs> Oh yeah. I I don't think that that's the fear with NFL players that somebody is going to abuse them. Not when they're in their own mm-hmm. town. No. I think it's the exact opposite that they're going to get mobbed like they're they're some type of celebrity or god or something.
0: You know,
1: I used to. It's funny because every time I hear about Trey Roberson I think about Larry Haybach. And I saw an interview with Larry Highbaugh when he used to play with Edmonton. And training methods have changed a whole bunch. Larry Heibach said his training you method think? was he used to run through fields with a pointed stick trying to catch rabbits, okay? <laughs> and that's what he did in the offseason to train, okay?
0: <laughs>
1: and he was a, he was a great player. He was a great player.
2: A lot of things have changed in, in, in the way that things are, tra- uh, are trained. There's no more smoking on the sidelines,
1: if you've noticed that.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Ron, Ron Leifler Lyng- Gila Gila would, would not make it in the NHL today because there'd be no place for him to smoke in between periods. Okay? do
2: you talk about between periods, between line changes, he used to smoke on the bench. He would take a cigarette uh-huh. and throw it into the bench when he'd go on the ice.
1: Uh huh. Which is kind of funny. Not that I know. am pur-
2: pur- purporting that you guys, sh- anybody out there, should be smoking, but that's when the game wasn't quite taken as seriously as what it is right now. Okay,
0: that's when it was Even a game. Even
2: more
3: recently, the most most recent story I can think of is you guys might have to help me with his name. He played running back for the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers up till about 2002. Uh, was the greatest running back of all time until recently.
1: Um, um, Blink, Charles? Blink.
3: No, Charles. Charles. Charles.
1: Charles. What, what was, yeah. his yeah. so Charles was his
3: last name? Yeah. Uh, Charles was last name. And uh, he would go out and have a smoke with fans at halftime right up to 2002. That's, that's the most recent story of smoking athletes that I've heard of. I, I guess he was quite a character, too.
1: Well, and I still think why there's so many major injuries in professional sports all the time is because these guys are too fit all the time.
2: You talk about Charles Roberts, right?
1: Yes, Sorry, Charles, Charles Roberts. Roberts yeah. Charles Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think these guys are too fit all the time. Your body needs to rest.
3: Yeah, there's been there's been some research done on that, actually, and uh, there there are some negative impacts to that. But uh, what they've done as far as the NFL is concerned is they've balanced that with depth and they've accepted the risk. And it does create more injuries. We should be improving from the 1950s, 60s, and 70s in injuries, but we're not. We're actually statistically staying the same. And we're actually, and that, or or not including, it's actually increasing, not including that we diagnose uh, concussions much, much more now than what were previously
2: diagnosed.
0: Okay. you take
3: the concussions out there, the rest of the injuries are, are the same.
2: Okay, guys, I, I'm going to have to close off the show. It's time up, okay? Uh, yep. You know, if, if players did more yoga instead of working on the weights. <laughs>
1: or, or, or more PEDs oh. instead of and working the on yoga. Just avoid peeing
2: in the cup. They would be much better off, I think. Okay, this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 403. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. I've had a a lot of fun here talking with my two co-hosts, Phil Miller and uh, Will McDonald. You guys have yourselves a fine one, and we'll talk to you back. Uh, This is Monday night. We'll be back Wednesday night, maybe Thursday night. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, And talk some football about the upcoming Week 19 games. Uh, Okay, this is it. Uh, We're going to call it off and uh, say good night. Phil, it's up to you, buddy. Say good night. Hey, good night, everybody. Thanks for listening, and do more yoga. Do more yoga. Less juice.
0: Less juice.
2: Will, go ahead. Ten seconds.
1: Good night, everybody. Have a good weekend. No, I'd say do more PEDs. You'll get further ahead.
2: You get way more ahead. He was doing much better before he peed in the jar. Okay, talk to you guys later. Cheers.